You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. So on today's episode, um, I wanted to give some information because I've got lots of questions from uh, friends and family members about what I went through um, since I did complete my vaccination on Friday. I did get my two shots of the Pfizer vaccine. And, you know, before I go into how I felt, um, I just want to go into, you know, the sad reality of, of what we're dealing with. Um, you know, a lot of data that I just kind of looked in and pulled up. Um, some of this is from the Johns Hopkins um, website, um, WHO statistics, um, as well as a, another um, group uh, called uh, Our World, Our Data. Um, and it's, it's definitely some sombering numbers. You know, we're looking now at, um, in the United States, there's been over 22 million cases of COVID-19, and within the world, 90 million cases of people being infected with COVID-19. Um, and unfortunately, this has led to a number of deaths. You know, in the United States, we're now at a 373,000 deaths, you know, related to coronavirus. Um, and worldwide, 1.9 million deaths, you know, related to this virus. And, you know, it's definitely different in different parts of the world. You know, we all saw it first um, in China and then, you know, other countries and we saw outbreaks come and go. But, you know, unfortunately, as bad as it was for us, you know, around June, it is significantly and exponentially worse for us, especially here in California where I am. I mean, I remember, you know, we did shut down and everybody was quite fearful, you know, in, in May, June, when this became sort of evident, you know, I think even April when people started getting nervous and we shut down everything completely expecting this huge surge like they saw in China and like they saw in New York, you know, and people stayed home and people wore masks and people were cautious and people were fearful. Um, but luckily we had flattened the curve and things never, never really got out of control. You know, now we're seeing numbers that are, you know, three, four, five times what they were back then. You know, hospitals are full throughout the majority of the state, um, you know, we're, we're now closed to elective surgery. That's closed because they're keeping beds open for, you know, more COVID-19 patients that may be transferred from hospital to hospital because there's just no room for this anymore. You know, and, and there are people, yeah, yeah, the, the death rate's low. And, and yeah, the death rate is low. You know, I was looking back around, you know, um, data as to how we compare to the rest of the world. And you know, right now, currently, the death rate in the U.S., if you do get sick with COVID-19, is 1.7%. So some people might say, yeah, I have less than 2% chance of dying. I'm willing to take the risk. You know, but the other reality is that there's a lot of these what we call long haulers. So even though you don't die from this, you may be sick and potentially it may affect you for the rest of your life. You know, we're seeing people with neurologic problems and lung problems and heart problems. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get it, not die and get over it and be fine. Um, but other parts of the world are a lot worse. You know, the mortality rate now in Mexico is 8.7%. So almost 9% of people that get COVID-19 die. Um, and in Italy, it was a 3.5%. In the UK, 2.7%. Um, so we definitely need to get this under control because right now it's not. You know, that's 
the truth. That's the, the scary reality is that this is way out of control. And unfortunately, no one's seen it flatten yet, let alone go back down. You know, we're still going up in large, large parts of the country. Um, so the vaccinations are key. Um, and it's interesting because when you look around, you know, the world, you know, Israel is definitely um, sort of leading the pack as far as um, getting people vaccinated. They're they're now vaccinating 20 out of every 100 people, but they also have a smaller population. Um, you know, the total number of people they vaccinated is 1.7 million. So when you look at who's vaccinated the most, well, China. China's 9 million total vaccinations. Um, but when you look at, you know, who's doing a good job right now, you know, UAE comes in second. They vaccinated 10 out of every 100 Bahrain, actually five out of every hundred, and the U.S. is below that, and only two out of every hundred, although we have a huge population. So they've vaccinated approximately 6.6 million people, um, which is great, but we need to vaccinate more. Um, we need to get the vaccines out there. And, you know, now, unfortunately, we're dealing with the issue of how many vaccines can you make? Okay, great. Now, how do you get them from point A to point B? Next problem. Okay, now you get them from point A to point B, now, what about the syringes and the other things that we need to actually administer these? So, you know, that's the big logistical nightmare that people are seeing and people are going through right now is that, you know, we need to get this in people. And, you know, people have their own thoughts about vaccines. So if you go and listen to my last podcast, I talked, you know, a little bit about the vaccine um, and how it works and and the comparisons between the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. Um you know, that's, that was a different topic. And if you're interested in that, you can go back and listen to that. But, you know, again, this is sort of a unique um, vaccine in the fact that it was, you know, mRNA. So um, the, the thought process for me, you know, and, and months and months ago, I thought, you know, well, I'll, I'll wait and wait and wait and, you know, see what happens with the first rounds. But it got so bad so quick that in my opinion, and from all the scientific data that I can read, um, the risk of the vaccine was significantly less in my opinion, and in my medical opinion, than the risk of actually getting the disease. Um, so there's a lot of people that are, you know, concerned about, you know, the vaccines. But for me personally, you know, I'm in the hospital all the time. And luckily, personally for me, you know, I'm not on the front line. So I have, you know, the utmost respect for all of my colleagues um, that are working in the ICUs, in the ERs, you know, that are seeing these patients on the front line. You know, even the paramedics and EMTs that are transporting these sickest of six patients from hospital to hospital, you know, those people definitely need to get it. I just got off call um, and, you know, I was in one of the tiered groups at the hospital. So I got my first shot. So I got my first shot. This was about 21 days ago. Um, and to be honest with you, it wasn't that bad. And and actually it ran very smoothly. You know, we would pick times, you know, did everything online as far as answering the questions, got cleared, you know, showed up, checked in, answered another, you know, series of questions, got my shot and, you know, essentially was fine. It was a soreness in my arm that was kind of equivalent to what I... You know, remember prior flu shots being like just sore for 24 hours um, and back to normal. Now, the second shot was a little different. Um, and, you know, again, still as bad as it was, it from everything that I've seen and people that I've talked to, it was way better than getting sick with coronavirus. Um, and there are a number of people that I've spoken with that have had the second shot and had essentially zero reaction or the same sort of reaction that I had to the first shot, which was my arm was sore. Um, but I, I got the shot um, nine o'clock in the morning on a Friday and, uh, you know, went about my day, went about my business, kind of did the normal thing. And, and that night, um, you know, when I got home, it was it was sore, like achier and more sore than, you know, the normal everyday shot. Um, and I just 
felt tired, even though I didn't do a whole lot out of the ordinary during the day. Um, didn't work out that day, um, but felt pretty exhausted that I was, I think, in bed early, like before nine o'clock, probably around eight o'clock. I just kind of crawled up into bed with a book. Um, Saturday woke up and just felt bad. Um, so I felt cold all day, had my jacket on all day, didn't run a fever, but everything hurt. My muscles hurt, my joints hurt. Um, I just felt really fatigued. I had a meeting that I needed to go to, um, went to the meeting, came home, and it was basically a day of just chilling on the sofa with a blanket over my head, trying to stay warm, um, you know, a bunch of fluids and and just kind of watched some movies that I essentially fell asleep during and kind of don't remember much of them, um, but couldn't even concentrate a bit of brain fog to even, you know, read a book. So I didn't get much um, accomplished on Saturday. Took a couple Tylenol, a couple, um, you know, a couple Advil just because I was feeling so crappy by midday. Um, went to bed again, you know, early after dinner um, and woke up Sunday and actually felt completely fine and normal. So, you know, for the number of people out there that had zero symptoms, that's great. They're lucky. Um, you know, I've heard a number of people that had similar responses to me. Um, and all I could say that, you know, is in hindsight, if you didn't, um, if you didn't have a contraindication, I may have taken, you know, some Tylenol and Advil or some type of anti-inflammatory prior to taking the shot, you know, definitely stay hydrated. If you have the luxury of picking and choosing, you know, and you are working, you know, I would try to do it on the weekend. I was glad I didn't have to, you know, be at work the following day or operate the following day. Um, and, and just know that, you know, it's possible that you may feel pretty crappy for those 24 to 36 hours. I did. Um, but luckily now, you know, vaccinated. Um, and again, those symptoms went away quite quickly. And Sunday, you know, I'm, I'm back to normal and, and doing all my normal things. Um, so, you know, in the meantime, you know, definitely stay safe. That's the key is that this number and the numbers of deaths, the numbers of cases are rising exponentially. They're out of control um, in the state of California. You know, it is, I can only kind of assume that, you know, not being on the front lines and seeing, you know, what it was like in New York, but hearing stories, it sounds like, you know, it's close to as bad um, as it was in New York when we had sort of the beginning of this phase hitting the U.S. Um, so no matter where you are, there are states where these numbers are rising. Wear a mask. Stay home unless you need to be out, you know, socially distance, you know, be safe and be smart about not spreading this virus and really consider, you know, getting your vaccine. That's the best way that we have to get this thing under control is to get a significant number of people vaccinated that we can develop the herd immunity and prevent more people from getting sick and more people from dying. You know, these are people that you may know. These are your friends. These are your family members. Because even if you do get and don't get sick, just know that you can spread it. So that's the next thing. Even though I've been vaccinated, I will still wear a mask. You know, people don't you know, think, oh, you get a vaccine, then you're free to do as you please. No, it does not mean that I can't get the disease. But a lot of these vaccines do is it if I am exposed to it, I now have these antibodies, which means that I may be asymptomatic. Um, or if I do get it, I will have an extremely mild case of it. But what a lot of researchers don't know that is that if I get it, then can I spread it? So I don't want to be out in public not wearing a mask and risk picking it up or not wear a mask, have it be asymptomatic and potentially spread it to my family um, or other people that I interact with. So if you do get vaccinated, you need to still wear the mask and we need to get this thing under control. Um, and then hopefully at some point we can all get back to the new life. It's not going to be back to the old normal, um, but the new life as we see it um, coming forward in the future. So in the meantime, and I can't stress the importance 
of these two words, more importantly, stay safe, um, be smart. Um, until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.